Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Multiversity Manga Club. I am one of your hosts, Zach, and as always, I am joined by my co-hosts, Walt and Emily. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. Yeah, doing good. Doing. How about you? I'm doing. I'm doing pretty well. I don't. You know, I'm having an existential crisis because I don't know if my life is real or if I'm just <laughs> the subject of a manga. But. Uh, hmm. You know, that is it's quite, funny that you bring that yeah, up. Yeah, quite coincidental, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Um, so, obviously, <laughs> we, um, as we mentioned last month, we are going to be talking about Satoshi Kone's Opus, um, written and illustrated uh, by Kone and published in the it's States a, it's by... It's a spinoff. Oh, what were you going to say? I was saying it's a spinoff of Bloom County. It just went in all in on and focused on the penguin. Yeah, yeah. I does that like is that thematically similar at all? I don't actually know. No, not in the. Slightest. No, I know, I know what Bloom County is. I'm just <laughs> never mind. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I. Oh, Opus. Okay, I, wow. I decided. I decided before recording this, I was going to make that joke at some point, so I just had to like. Get it right out. Now we now we can proceed. Now we can proceed. As that was just that was beginning. like my that was my fifteen second <laughs> well, delayed reaction. You know, the I guess it, it wouldn't be too unlike <laughs> like Pluto. You know, that's right. It it would be, I guess. Yeah, that would sort of work. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we're Think already on it. tangents. Tangents on tangents. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, this week we read Opus, um, <laughs> and I, um, I was only tangentially familiar with it when I picked it. I just, I knew it was a thing, um, and I had heard good things about it, but man, I was not prepared by, for like how much I enjoyed this. Yeah. I knew absolutely nothing about it and I haven't watched any of Satoshi Kon's stuff I've been meaning to, so... This was my first experience with any of his work going in completely blind. So, yeah. So I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, Emily. Yeah. What was your? I guess. Oh no! Thought? I was gonna say. I was gonna say I've actually seen um, Paranoia Agent, so I kind of, which is his um, television series. Um. So I kind of had an idea of what I might be getting into, and definitely. Um, as in Paranoid Agent, there's the big theme of, you know, fiction and reality and kind of the boundary between the two. Um, and that was definitely a big theme here. So that was, I wasn't, I, I didn't really, you know, see the whole meta twist coming, but I kind of thought, okay, there's probably going to be some surreal elements here and some like, you know, exploration of the author's relationship to their works. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I kind of like Walt, I not only had I not um, ever read anything by Cone, I've actually never seen any of his animation either. So I was kind of in the same camp um, other than I just knew he was very well thought of. Um, and wasn't he, wasn't he an assistant to Otomo? Yes, he was. Okay. Um, he was a, I think on his, it was on his um, animated works. 
Okay. At least okay, I'm not sure if he was a manga not. assistant. I I mean probably, probably maybe. Uh, I mean maybe. Sorry, at some that point was I, I did I did do a little research, but I actually forget that detail. But yeah, he was definitely an assistant artistically to to Atomo, and you can kind of see it, I think, a little bit. But there's there's um, some similar yeah stylistic aspects, not not like you know extremely, but right certain things you can kind of see it. Yeah. Yeah, and he wrote this uh he wrote this work right before he did um Perfect Blue, which was I think his directorial debut. I think so. Um, yeah, and it's actually yeah. mentioned at at one point, right. but we'll get into that later. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um but yeah, yeah, so like you mentioned this was written um this was written over the course of about a year. Um, it looks like it ran from October of 95 to June of 96 in Comic Guys magazine um, and was unfortunately, I guess, canceled. The magazine was canceled um, and was never finished because, um, you know, uh, Cone got very famous from for his animation work, did a lot of animation work and then tragically passed away Um at an early age due to pancreatic cancer. So one of several kind of unfinished works that he, he has, but interestingly, um, I assume we probably all have the same volume published by dark horse recently that has a special final chapter. Right. We, we uh, got the digital version of it, but it did include. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but I guess like we can dig <clears throat> into a little bit of what the book is about um, on the on the surface, just kind of a general overview. It's a very metafictional story about a manga, a mangaka who um, is struggling with figuring out how to progress his story and end up, ends up becoming inserted into his own story, which is a pretty common, I feel like at least in the past 20 years or so, a pretty common trope in um, comic books. Um, Yeah. It's definitely something that you've seen a lot more in comics in the past. Right. I I mean, like I think the big, the big thing that I initially thought of was um, Grant Morrison and animal man. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a big one. That's a big one. Uh, Which I think would have actually been a contemporary to this. I can't remember exactly when Animal Man was. Oh being yeah, published. I guess. Well, well, well. Yeah, it was, I know it was the nineties. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not sure when exactly. Um, but it would have been pretty pretty close. Right. It looks like that was yeah. 1980 to 1990. So it preceded it a little bit. Right. But um, yeah, because that was yeah. That was, that was before Vertigo was actually a thing, if I remember correctly. Like hmm. became, Vertigo came into existence during the middle of Animal Man, maybe. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, Something like that. But um, I didn't, it didn't quite take it to as far as this book goes. This book is kind of centered no. on that idea, right? Yeah. Right. Whereas um, in Animal Man's case, it's kind of like a thing that comes up in the end. It's. To, if, to continue the comparison between the two, this is more as if Animal, Me- Animal Man began with that famous last issue mm-hmm. of it and then went on from there. Yeah. Whereas in in uh, Morrison's case, that was just kind of how he concluded things. Right. Yeah. Whereas this this kind of goes right into it. I mean, there's a couple 
a couple pages of just like, oh, this guy's drawing a manga, and then. Right. I legitimately thought that I had, um, since I had gotten the digital version, um, and sometimes like I was reading it on my Kindle, and sometimes the Kindle can be like weirded out because sometimes people properly format manga so it like right, read, it'll, reads the yeah. right way and all that um sometimes the kindle doesn't pick that up and so at first i was confused oh did i like accidentally am i like starting in some uh in like the wrong place or something like that because you know i didn't have the actual physical book so i couldn't tell like oh no this is page one and i had to quickly confirm with emily i was like is this where it starts <laughs> yeah i was confused too but i mean i I figured I was like, okay, well, I'm just starting in, in Medius Res, and indeed, it was just kind of a a concluding or a um like the latest chapter of this manga that um the guy the creator was was drawing. I I had the exact same reaction. I I thought I had picked up like in the wrong part of the book because of all of those <laughs> aforementioned things, and um I actually had to like scan through the first few pages and then figured out what was going on. Um, but yeah, that, that was such an interesting way to start the comic off. Um, uh, and, and it was also interesting because the way that that, um, the, the kind of the fictional manga, which is weird to say because it's all fictional, but, um, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> the way that the in-universe manga was structured with all of those, um, like recaps on the sidebar and all of the things, um, I've never mm-hmm. really read a manga like that. That's that's yeah. true. That's uh, definitely tends to be more of an obsession in um, American comics, particularly superhero comics, to have like you know editors note. You know, we last saw so and so in issue uh, sixty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, that, that's a very good point. I uh, I'm not used to seeing those kinds of things myself. Um, perhaps it. it Perhaps it uh, was more common in some stuff that just hasn't like survived the test of time as well as others. But yeah, I, I was I thought that was interesting mm-hmm. too. Yeah, um, but it gets really interesting, you know, as that story progresses. It kind of breaks down. It begins to break down into just the sketched pages, and then we continue on, and it pulls back further yeah. into the the quote-unquote real world where the editor or whoever is looking at the the unfinished pages um talking with our main character um whose name i forget um nagai that's right yeah nagai Uh yeah Yeah. um yeah so from the get-go i was just really interested and enamored kind of with the presentation and the structure right yeah for sure it's uh these sort of uh stories can it's it's a dangerous uh, kind of thing it can sometimes just seem way too like oh i i'm just so smart and self-indulgent so, so clever. yeah very that's that's a right. good word for it I'll, some especially like you know I, that's these kind of become more and more common nowadays yeah you see just a lot of really like half-baked attempts yeah. at some similar not exactly the same thing but very similar approaches very similar ideas um and i didn't get that at all with this right. it uh it felt weirdly earnest for something that for something yeah. that was such like a kind of uh 
abstract big idea that it felt yeah. personal at the same time. Yeah. Cause it's about a lot of his, I guess what he would perceive as faults. Right. I mean, the, the idea of his characters getting away from him, you know, and him doubting his creative choices. I mean, the character of Lynn literally comes out and says, Oh, you're not going to off me like this, you know? And, uh, I just kind of saw that as, along with a few other things that happened, as just kind of parts of the creative process um, being represented through these characters and through what Nagai goes through with them. And um, that definitely um, gets amplified when you see, you know, fiction and reality kind of looping back into each other and the boundary gets uh, continuously um, or increasingly blurred as things go on. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, and and I'm glad that you mentioned the the like the earnest, earnestness of it, the um, sense of kind of legitimacy that I feel like really grounds the the book as it continues on, and you you get further and further down this metafictional rabbit hole where, um, you know, they begin manipulating the events of the story, and we get into like ideas of time paradoxes. Um, when, yeah. when it, it's even stranger because it's it's not even real time that you're dealing with, you know. It's, yeah. Um, it's these really really high concept ideas, but it never yeah. feels too pretentious or. Yeah. yeah. For sure. That's kind of how I feel about paranoia agent too. I, I kind of thought you know he does kind of deal with these kind of esoteric ideals, but it it never really gets to the point where you're like, okay, what are you actually saying? I have no mm-hmm. idea. Like, I think you can definitely pull some concrete uh, ideas from his works without seeing like, uh, am I the only person getting this? Or like, I think he definitely has some clear things he's communicating. Yeah. Yeah. Like definitely one of the big things is, um, you know, there's like a religious aspect dealing with, you know, being the, the the subject of a creator of you know varying degrees of um of like capriciousness um, yeah. um just grappling with like reality in general you know there's a lot of i guess almost matrix-esque themes going on here um <laughs> sure yeah um it, oh go ahead it feels kind of in Oh, no, it feels kind of ambitious for how short it is. And in that sense, I do think it's a little bit hard to talk about because I feel like the obviously the ending it got was probably not what Satoshi Kon had in mind because he was saying, oh, you know, I could have finished it in one more chapter, but then the, the magazine was canceled and he was working on Perfect Blue. So um, it just got kind of put to the wayside. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily want to get into the ending too much just yet, but I also... Well, oh, no, I okay. mean, we can if you guys want to. That's fine. <laughs> oh, no, I was just... I, that. Well, just I was just going to go off of uh, that and say that I. it's one of those kind of like, um, you know, serendipitous, you know, chances of fate that the book ends the way that it does and kind of gets to take this even more metatextual turn. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like reminded, <laughs> I don't know, are either of you very big Stephen King fans at all? No. Uh, I actually haven't. Not yeah. really. I've seen oh. the movie Misery. Okay, well, that's an interesting <laughs> that's one. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, but um, yeah, I, I really like it, but I haven't actually read any of his works. Well, I, I guess like a couple of years ago, I took a 
I finally, I had, I had started his Dark Tower series many, many years ago and it kind of picked up a book here and there, but I, I, I made mm-hmm. the, um, you know, the endeavor to just like finally sit down and finish them. And there's an event in his life that if it had not occurred, it would have completely, A, the books might not have ever have been finished. And if they had been finished, they would have um, been completely different. Like this one event in his life changed the course of the books. And hmm. that I, I'm kind of reminded of that here where, you know, if the book had not been canceled, it wouldn't have had the ending that it has here. But in some ways, I think the ending that it has is maybe not a perfect ending, but a very fitting and interesting ending. Yes. It, yeah. It fits into the themes of the story as a whole extremely yeah. right. well. Right. You know, it has, because it, it kind of ends on a cliffhanger. And sorry, I we can, well, we can go ahead and get into it. Because right there's a lot. To, I, I wasn't sure if we were ready to, but I think we can. Yeah. Oh, no. I figured I figured we were just jumping around. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of ends on this cliffhanger and then Satoshi Kon kind of, uh, you know, underline highlights that and realizes kind of ending it like that would not be ideal with having the character come out and be like, oh, come on, you can't just have us end in midair. You know, he, he then enters the world of Satoshi Kon um, through this manga. So it's like peeling back another meta layer <laughs> right as he is in pretty much the same uh situation as right nagai pressed by deadlines and it always seems like um having seen paranoia agent i know you guys haven't um but it always seems like he's also commenting always seems to be commenting on the medium he's working in because um this comic uh besides having the the metafictional author uh versus uh his creation thing um it also deals with like, you know, deadlines in the manga industry. And there's a paranoia agent episode that deals with how terrible uh, working in the anime industry can be. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of feeds into it too, with that being kind of a, uh, uh, a hindrance, uh, you know, like a barrier towards him, like, you know, being as creative as he wants to be. Yeah. Um, and I think also there's a, there's a sad aspect to how the last, you know, the last chapter wasn't like, you know, finished. It's basically just his uh, preliminary pencils for it that were then right. lettered. Um, and of course, it would be better if he had been able to finish it. But there's also this kind of weird fittingness to that, too. Yeah, it, it it's adds, sad. It, yeah, <laughs> it's sad, but it fits with this whole idea of just like... Uh, of the very idea that started the comic with yeah. this just kind of like sometime, you know, where do you go? Can can yeah. you finish it? Sometimes things and, just remain unfinished. And... Right. And then there's that that super sad um, <laughs> final page, final of, page of, of him saying, you know, one day these characters will get the cool ending they deserve. And I was like, oh. Yeah, that, that was rough. Yeah. 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 Oh. It is. It is really sad. And, you know, and it's it. I, I was just fascinated by the last chapter and, you know, him mentioning his other works. You know, he brings up um, Seraphim, which I know is another manga series that he didn't finish that I'm even I'm really interested to read mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, he mentions working on Perfect Blue and 
Um, yeah. It's just such an interesting, like, snapshot of his life at the time, I feel like, you know, this of this writer right before he's kind of about to break it, you know, break big and, and. Yeah. His, I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, manga. And I mean, manga wouldn't really be where he break out so much as in films, obviously, right, right. but, um, you can definitely, I mean, you see like the germ, the beginning of what he would tackle in his movies and like, like I said, I mean, I've only seen Paranoid Agent, but I definitely see, like, the similarities there started in this, um, in Opus. And I think, you know, the ending of this, uh, the, the last page he did, you know, kind of saying, you know, I, uh, this will definitely get finished one day, or I hope I can finish it one day. Um, because he already dealt with these themes of, like, metafiction, I think, you know, if someone else had said that, I mean, it would be equally as sad, but I think it, it kind of feels more profound for him to have had that as his final page, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Not that, you know, not not to make it sound trite, like, you know, to have his death play into his art or something like that. It's extremely tragic, but just, just in retrospect, thinking about it, it... Um, I think I think this work resonates a little more strongly with me anyway yeah it is i mean it is death death and art i feel like have always had a really interesting interplay just in how a work is perceived prior to and and after an artist's an artist's passing and yeah it is interesting the the layers in this right. that come out even more so um yeah because of that right yeah um, backtracking a little bit to, uh, one thing we were, we were talking about with, um, just the general, uh, kind of relationship between creator and creation. I thought it was interesting that maybe interesting in kind of the way that it wasn't, uh, delved into too much. I, I'm wording this poorly. Basically, it's fine. <laughs> basically, you know, we have all these questions about um, that are raised about like the cruelty of God in this context. God right. Being they the call guy him God. Yeah. And all that, you know, oh, do you do this just to, you know, make my life suffering and all that just because it's entertaining and these sorts of ideas. Um, and, you know, like there there are other like uh, things that copy that or, or that um follow the same sort of theme and kind of go into that there there's an interesting brazilian novel uh the hour of the star it's been a few years since i've read it by a clarice Lispector. um i believe her name is pronounced um but so like basically in there it's like there's this kind of this wealthy male writer who he likes he just sees on the street one day some like poor um woman and decides and something about her look he's like you know i gotta write a story kind of like inspired by this woman and he just like kind of write just writes this story about like a woman who's just utterly miserable and there's like kind of this aspect of yeah like are, mm. is there's like this sadistic Ex aspect of the author to it exploitative maybe? yeah kind of you know just writing stories about you know 
people having negative experiences for your own kind of visceral enjoyment. Um, and Cohn kind of like raises that idea, um, you know, that there are questions asked along those lines, but oddly, I don't think like there's kind of like a, a kind of non-answer to that. It's just kind of, right. like, well, it's not that. I don't really know how to put it, but it's not that, you know, kind of. Yeah. Thing. Well, the character, the main character of his, of Nagai's manga, Satoko, when she goes out into the real world, she she crosses the border eventually, just like he did into manga. Right. Like I think halfway into the into the story, and she says, "Oh, uh, well, you weren't totally, uh, you know, you weren't totally uh, just making us suffer. Right. Like, and you had a great life." She right. said. She, she says, "Like, oh, life is crappy out here too. I mean, not, you know, it's not." totally miserable for everybody but there are really really bad aspects of this world right doesn't she even think that it's worse i think maybe maybe yeah so i can't remember exactly it's a little bit different in that respect from you know um some other ways that, that, that that's sometimes portrayed again i think i think that's also mentioned in um in animal man with um when Buddy Baker is kind of saying, you, you just kind of like, you know, you kill, you like had my family killed. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, we just had to do it for the readers to right. get excited or something. And I think there's a kind of rejection of that in here that, well, that it's not just like pure sadism. There's something more yeah, to it. Yeah, it's speaking to what, right. I, truths, I guess, you know, or maybe not truths, but just. Yeah facts is maybe a better way of you know just yeah what what it is to be alive i guess and and i'm that i guess it's kind of nihilistic in that way but i don't know yeah i mean he i think he is i think he is trying to you know have a have us have a sympathetic reaction to to this you know he's not saying like oh yeah authors authors need to be cruel for this to be for a story to be good you know i think he is kind of saying like the question is there is like am i a good person for mm. writing this yeah. kind of thing um i mean that's kind of ex- that's kind of extreme i guess but it does he is having the author think that and by extension he must be thinking that you know he seems he seems this seemed very thoughtful in that way. Oh, and I sure. think, I think he realizes that there's not an easy answer to that. You know, it's, 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 it's not all just like, well, life sucks. So, uh, you know, our, our works of literature also have to be miserable. It's, it's that life is good and bad. And yeah, literature is also kind of can be painful and, uh, have people suffering. And I guess, I guess the best way for him to represent that was to for Satoko to come out and be like, yeah, yeah, the real world yeah. is bad too. And I think it kind of, it kind of, I don't want to say it was, it was shallow, um, but I, I think he realized like there's not really an answer to that. But right. that's basically, we, we have to recognize that it's like an interesting thing to think about, but there's yeah no, yeah, there's, there's no yeah. straight answer. But it's also, I right. mean, it's not really, I think, a question that we ask very often either about the responsibility of fiction writers and, yeah. and the the kinds of stories they tell yeah. um, and the effect that, that has, um, yeah. you know, like 
How right. often do you think George R. R. Martin like, just... thinks about the... <laughs> making characters yeah. suffer and things? And certainly, though, there is a point though when, like you know, we do like these kind of um, these stories where characters suffer, but then they overcome, you know, great, uh, really terrible things. Um, but there is a point where even you know the consumers realize they're like this is getting a little too dark. Let's let's maybe not make this kind of mm. like torture porn kind of thing, you know. And I think maybe he's he's warning against that. Um, and in no way do I think uh, his work reaches that level, at least what I've read of it. But it's it's really fascinating that he brings that right to the forefront and um, tackles it head on, but then kind of gives you an answer like, well, it's 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 necessary, but I don't, I don't know if it's good or bad kind of thing. It's something we have to keep thinking right, about. Right. I guess kind of, you know, like the story doesn't truly have an ending that the themes and ideas aren't yeah. fully formed and laid out on the page. You're left with a lot of, um, you know, introspection yeah. and, and analysis. And, right. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, I think really the main, the only main problem I would have with the comic is that it really, it, was just unfinished, which really wasn't totally his fault. And I'm sure if he would have gotten that last chapter, he could have given an ending that was more what he had originally planned. But what we got was is definitely interesting and worth talking about, I think. And it isn't just something, it doesn't feel like something he just totally slapped on. Um, though he was pressed for time. Well, I, okay, maybe a little bit at the end where his like wife comes out <laughs> and freaks out at the author. <laughs> that was a little random, but... but um, yeah, I mean, just this constant, I mean, it, keep, it keeps seeing, it seems like he keeps breaking walls, right? I mean, uh, first Nagai goes into the manga, then the manga characters come out, and then the manga characters in the manga break through the come manga. out of well, Satoshi yeah. Kone's manga. So it's yeah. like three layers. But then even then, that's just a fictional even representation then, just, of Satoshi right, Kone. That's just, to us, that's fiction. <laughs> you know, they, we're not going to be reading this and suddenly have the characters come out of, you know, they're, they're not going to become real. But, but that um, is almost the logical conclusion, like guess, though, you know, like that. Right. <laughs> and there's mean, that idea there. If that if this could only continue to follow, that, that is what would happen. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it was kind of poetic in the end that like the very last, you know, they come out of Sato what's the God, I keep tripping over his name. It's not even that hard. Satoshi Kone's comic. They finally come out. So they finally break that last barrier. And I think in the context of the rest of the comic, that makes sense thematically. And, um, mm -hmm. and it works as, as well as it yeah. can. <laughs> um, I guess really quick, I, I kind of going along those lines. I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about how, that was that all of that was portrayed artistically um, because I thought he did some really mm -hmm. interesting things with the way he, that he portrayed um, both like the manga world being fractured and broken down um, the use of uh, like pages right. and panels with um, which actually yeah, reminded right. me a lot of like flashback sequences that we see and like our weekly Shonen Jump books where there will be a smattering of right. old panels and things. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and that's something that I've, uh, I've noticed um, manga tends to be more willing to do than um, like American comics to just like have in the background, like a flashback. That's just the, 
panel right. copied and pasted. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there's kind of there's a kind of like weird reticence to do that in American comics because it's like, oh well, we don't want to seem lazy. Meanwhile, you know, Mike Deodato just like copies and pastes the same like five faces across um, an entire issue's worth of comics. So it's weird to me. Whereas that that that's much uh, more common and fine to yeah just have these kind of like flashback mm-hmm. panels that are previous excerpts kind of appear in yeah. the background and you see that here but of course the joke of sorts is that well these aren't actually right old panels <laughs> these never happen right yeah and then he did some really cool stuff like there's um just real quickly there's you know a scene where they kind of go into the background of one of the panels and none of the people have faces and he's like oh yeah i didn't give any of these people faces <laughs> And um, there's just a bunch of empty buildings, like, where he's, he literally stopped creating. <laughs> right. And then, you know, eventually they drop into that white space. And, um, yeah, there's just, there, there is some really cool um, stuff he does to kind of create new spaces for the characters. And um, kind of, I guess, plot elements that allow these things to happen, like them finding quills. I'm not really sure. I, I assumed that meant plot holes at first, but I, I think it just literally meant like places he did not ink or draw in. I don't know. Right. But, um, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, there's a, it seems particularly in fantasy books these days, um, there's like an obsession with the world building. Um, it's yeah. like a big buzzword that's thrown around a lot, but kind of uh, this makes a good point that, you're not going to think of everything. Right. There's going to be things that are incomplete about fiction, always. Right. Um, so you tease, you forgot to cross an I's, you forgot to dot, you know? Right. So, yeah, and... Um, and getting that across in a visual way. First, A, it's a visual ideas and literally the stuff that was not drawn and then <laughs> translating that into a visual medium itself. Yeah, very, very uh, clever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I think Good stuff. that that pretty much is all I think I have to say about the book. Um, other than I just really enjoyed it. Um, do you all have anything else to oh, add? Yeah. I don't believe so. Um, there's there's certainly much more that could be said right. about it. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, what? There's a surprising amount that can be said about just these two volumes, and I think it's pretty apparent. Well, it was just one, right? Oh, I think it was originally. Okay, sorry, two, I thought it was like two, two volumes. In a, oh, okay, one. yeah, okay, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I mean, it, what you're we right, read was. I think you're right. Right, what we read was one volume, but I think it was originally two, and they were just combined. But um, I think it's pretty apparent, even if you haven't uh, seen anything else uh, he's done. Um, this is a, actually a pretty good kind of like primer of what you might expect, and. Um, even though something like, I think Paranoia Agent was a little more sophisticated than this, but this is definitely kind of like Satoshi Kone 101, I guess, which makes sense because it was pretty early on in his career. And um, yeah, he, he, always does, he always does interesting stuff like this, it seems. Um, and even just with this small amount, you can see how thoughtful and um, uh, how much, you know, how much thought he puts into, into his work. So yeah, good stuff. Yep. All right. Well, um, Emily, you have the pick for next month, I believe. Yes. Yes. It is my turn. And uh, next month we are reading 
the girl from the other side, I decided, by um, Nagabe. I don't know if that's a pen name or what, but that is the author of this manga. It looks like a... Uh, I didn't, I didn't want to read too much about it because um, I didn't want to get too spoiled, but it just seems like a uh, pretty kind of um, darker fantasy manga about a girl and a uh, kind of a beast-like entity that uh, have some kind of relationship. So that should be interesting. And um, yeah, that's what we'll be talking about next month. The first two volumes, yes. by the way. <laughs> All right. Well... Um, everybody go run out and pick up your volumes of the girl from the other side. And in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break and come back to talk about this month's offerings in weekly Shonen Jump. All right. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at MultiversityComics.com. Each week, we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month, we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed, like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commandy. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinbro, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. All right, we're back, and we are here to talk about the um, some books from Weekly Shonen Jump this month. We, uh, we had three new jump starts this month of varying degrees of quality, and... <laughs> Um, violence. So let's just jump right into that. Um, first up, we had Jujutsu Kaisen um, by uh, Gege Akutami. Sounds about right. Maybe something mm-hmm. like that. Um, sure. Yeah, this is kind of, I think of the three, it's the most just straight up shonen. Generic. It's the least <laughs> remarkable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was fine for better or for worse. Um, (laughs) the least remarkable. Yeah, it just seems like pretty straight up, like um, uh, not not sci-fi, but like the whole demon kind of bleach thing. Yeah, yeah, like the kind of like action horror. Right. Very very light on the horror, just horror tinged action. Right. It's more. It's more just kind of like uh. Right, like an element, like uh, ew, that's gross. The demon is, uh, you know, taking over his body, and he has yeah, to eat parts eating of the body. finger. I I do like that. Oh. <laughs> that's like the one thing that I like. Was like, well, that's interesting, having to like eat the parts of. Yeah, it's kind of gross, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that, I'm like, all right, I didn't expect to see that. Right. Um. Yeah, and I think there was like one other interesting thing that I remember of um. Uh, you know, they're saying like, oh, well, we could just execute you now, but we actually want to use you to collect all these parts, which right. I mean, I guess, of course, they're not going to kill him afterward. Right. And they're, of course, they're not going to do that. Um, but yeah, overall, I wasn't super impressed. I feel like I say this a lot about a lot of the jump starts. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah, it's just how... it makes sense. I mean, most things are not going to be, uh, you know, a, a home run. Uh, yeah. I mean, it didn't offend me or anything. It was just kind of middle of the road. 
Yeah, the art was all right. I, I think the yeah. art was probably its strongest aspect, especially when um, it was depicting the like kind of monsters. Right. Um, the I, that felt when it was. That, that was when it felt like the most inspired. The monster designs were pretty good. The like grotesqueness of them. Um, I, I, I liked that. And I wish there was more of that and less of, you know, just uh, anything that wasn't that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just that, basically like, you know, they have this. Scary monsters and eating fingers. Oh, just... that's, I don't remember that David Bowie. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> This scary monster, yeah. That was a B side. Scary, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it just you know it had the whole that the school club. It had him having a wow. He has a really rare talent for something, you know, main character. Uh, for thing. everything, right? Basically, uh, I I feel it's you know going to be the least likely to be picked up for that reason. Yeah, for, I think so too. For whatever you can say about some of the jump starts that were picked up, um, there there aren't a lot of the... They've been kind of like avoiding the more generic shown in action stuff. Right. Um, sometimes they're a detriment, like um, Golem Hearts is fairly generic as far as things go, but I think that would be yeah. good to pick, pick up. So for that reason, I have a feeling that this one might be passed on. It right. probably doesn't bring enough new to the table but Agreed. i've been wrong before <laughs> you've all been wrong um, yes. when it comes to jump starts yes yeah yeah i don't have a lot to say about this one either it was it was generally it was like, pretty bad uh, i i go ahead it was just like a Bose beats right. before it. I was just about to say that it, i felt They're exactly both... the same way about it as i did Bose beats like oh, that was a thing They're both fine <laughs> I don't miss. I, I I didn't. I don't miss Bose Beats, and I won't miss this if it doesn't come back. Yeah. Ouch. I, I'm just. Ouch! Oh, you're gonna I make it cry. I'm sorry, Colin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, do we want to move on to the next one? I feel like we're gonna have a lot oh. more to say about it. Oh yeah, I yeah. have. I have things to say about this. Yeah. Yeah, so um, next up we have Noah's notes, um, and I I don't have the creative team in front of me at the moment uh it's by haruto ikizawa okay so um, it just looks like one person this book is weird yeah um <laughs> i think there's some really fun ideas in it that could be good perhaps done by someone else yeah yeah i well yeah I, I want to preface that I, I really wonder what our response to this book would be like if the first chapter hadn't been what it was. Yeah. Yeah. The first, I don't know what possessed the author to introduce their main character like that. Like literally a terrorist that like takes a hostage and points a gun at a girl's head for, you know, yeah. uh, a good, a good part of his introduction. I don't, I didn't think that really, <laughs> to put it lightly, did not make him come off very well. And I didn't think Especially that... in light of, uh, shall we say, recent oh, events. Yes, in, yes, for, yeah. For a Western and audience. To be fair, course. like, you know, that's not really a thing right. for the Japanese audience. But right, I mean, it kind of hits a more visceral right. chord and, here. And it, mm -hmm. and, well, yeah, and especially with how much it did kind of reference current events. Right, yeah. As, yeah, as it went on. Um, 
And, right. Yeah. Yeah, they were talking about the new American president and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of uh, yeah. whatever. I, I mean, it's hard to say. We shouldn't. The th- the thing is that like, so yeah, you shouldn't. It, it, like there was that Warren Ellis um, Hellblazer comic that was infamous. Shoot, mm-hmm. uh, that was about school shootings, and it was set to publish like right when Columbine happened. Oh, okay. And, and then they... so Warren Ellis being a stubborn British man was like, no, publish it anyway. I don't care, basically. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that led to his like big falling out with DC was that they canceled it. Right. Um, and like, I get like the idea of you should be able to examine it outside of the like current events, but it wasn't good beyond that. So yeah, it's it kind of <laughs> schlocky. Um, and, um, the one thing that like really that made me kind of uh, grossed out, and I, I I think you know having reading you know shonen manga um, weekly for years at this point, I'm mostly desensitized to like you know more exploitative stuff and just kind of roll my eyes at it. But like, so with the main female character um me with my expert grasp of character names as always her name is mirai mirai um you know we have the typical um the not quite panty shots going on like in every possible yeah. situation where you know which is just really just pandering kind you're of you're just getting all that like underleg yeah. Um, kind of, yeah. Yeah. And other other stuff like that, this consistent sexualization. And then when this whole like thing with uh with Noah <laughs> showing up um and using swinging around his gun and everything. And then at one point he like uh sticks the gun in her mouth. Oh, I forgot about and that. And that like obviously there was no and in the like material the literal kind of what was going on in that panel. This wasn't like explicit sexual violence, but since she had already been sexualized and since the gun was being stuck in her mouth, it definitely had a feel of sexual violence. um, Yeah. It just seemed in really bad taste, especially for somebody that you're supposed to like, I guess. (laughs) it's, It's like, Ooh, that, that wild card. Yeah, that's, that's, what, loose that, that's what they were like. Uh, um, clearly yeah, going I, for. Can I, I? I have something else to say about Noah, and maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm the only one that sees this. I don't know if you guys, how familiar you guys are with Helsing, but for some reason, I get the feeling that this author wanted to make this guy like Alucard. The reason I say that is because number one, he has like, like a stupid. German name, not that German names are stupid, but his name is like Noah something something Umberbach, or so, and I'm just like, oh, that's that, so that's that, so obnoxious. That traditional uh, German yeah. name, Alucard. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> I'm just I don't I don't know. I just for some reason that that I don't know Europeans, what? but other than that, like he kind of has I don't know. Like, he has a he, fang boy. He he kind of has fangs a little bit he's got the glasses like i think this guy's trying to make him out to be kind of cool and mysterious he's got like a girl a female i i I don't know he's got a gun like i just feel like he's trying to make him this cool character not not that he's basing him off alucard but i'm getting this 
feeling like he wants to create somebody like that. I'm like, you're, you're not Kota Hirano. You're not making Alucard. You know, it's 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 not quit, it's not okay. Quit trying to make Alucard happen. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I I haven't read it, so I, I can't really. I know it's a really. I don't know. I don't know where it started, but that was just kind of the vibe I was getting after a while. And some of the faces he made kind of reminded me of of some things, some panels in Helsing. I don't know. I'm probably just nuts, but that was just another reason for me to be annoyed no, at this comment. That's fair. There's also this weird. Um, I mean, his name is Noah, and they keep mentioning um, the term Ark throughout, mm-hmm. and and they haven't actually made like a Noah like explicit Noah's Ark. And the fact, that, the fact that they haven't the fact that they haven't made it explicit makes it seem like extremely obvious. Oh my yeah. god, you're right. He's going to make that. There's going to be some oh, yeah. God. Um, uh, which just doesn't it doesn't really make sense. It seems like one of more of those like, oh, here's a concept and we're going to like it's kind of like the foundational thing that doesn't really feel foundational, you know, like, right. like the initial spark of an idea that later just doesn't fit with the final product maybe right yeah um yeah and then in the last chapter that we got of the jump start portion we have the knights templar show up and i'm just like all right uh, yeah it's kind of i'm uh, i'm actually playing um assassin's creed syndicate right now i'm getting like back into oh, it <laughs> um so i like this is i was just like oh man the notes are pieces of eden and um <laughs> we're in assassin's creed right now i mean it's probably a better story i, I wouldn't i don't know about that but <laughs> oh, okay fair yeah that, yeah maybe not yeah i, I might take Noah's notes but, over, uh, but then again it's not really that part of the gameplay is not nearly as good so there's that <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's there's certainly like i i feel all stories are this in a sense but i feel this is like a story that you really feel that it is just a collection of ideas that could be interesting right but in this context they're just not like yeah just, it, it, of course three chapters it's hard to judge but i i i, I do feel like this could there, there's a kernel of something in here that could yeah. be good um <sighs> Just the execution is extremely not my bag. Yeah. And I honestly feel like this has a chance of getting picked up. Yeah. That's that's the other thing. I I feel like like this is of the three, this is the one that is going to be picked up. That was the that was the feeling I got as soon as I read it. I was like, yeah, this kinda has that it that X factor or whatever that they might they might be like, Oh well this has history in it. That's that's the thing here. So when it's, I when I when I was young, I knew what it was. But now I'm old, and what's it scares me. Whatever that Simpsons quote. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't actually know that okay. one. I feel bad. <laughs> I can't remember which episode that uh, is. It's some like flashback with Grandpa. Grandpa. And, okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I, I want to say I'll keep reading this just because I'm kind of amused by how kind of trashy it is. I guess I don't know. It it kind of feels. No, trashy is a good word. It, for it's it. it's kind of like I don't know because as soon as I saw those Knights Templar, I feel like this guy. This is gonna sound really mean. I feel like this creator like 
doesn't know this stuff has do- been done a hundred times before with like nice Templar and just thinks this is really cool and original. Yeah, and, and no, in, a, in some sense, there's a weird earnestness to it in that yeah, sense. Like, like he's cre- he's like this is so cool. Noah <laughs> Noah is like the coolest guy. He's like hell. He's like Al- Alucard. Am I right? <laughs> I, I'm the only one that thinks that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just keep thinking of Alucard yeah. from Castlevania when you say that. Oh oh yeah. Well, what, that what, one is what different. What is Alucard? Most? Not archivist, archaeologist. Arche- uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> what, what is an archaeologist? A miserable pile of notes. Uh, but enough talk. Uh, <laughs> um, then you have to throw a glass yeah. on the ground. You immediately yeah. have oh, to yeah. follow it up with that. <laughs> yeah, it's... Whip your gun out and shoot it. Yeah. So I, I agree that I definitely feel this is the most likely you've picked up. Unlike some stuff, I think I would keep reading it because... I don't know. I I want it to come around in some sense. I I think it could be good. You know what I think would actually make it better is if like Noah turns out to be the bad guy or something. I don't know for I mean, some there's, reason. There's I... this like talk about how he's like just doing it for the science, basically. Yeah, I doubt that would happen. But I always kind of want whenever I see someone like that, I'm like, oh, they just. I wish they would have the guts to just make this guy a villain. But yeah, the the kind of like attempt at making an anti he's pretty unlikable yeah, trying to just make an anti-hero that's like oh you know we we like that <clears throat> you're supposed to like that you don't right. like him but it's like and no I, it just would have been better as like an antagonist i think, right. I think you have uh, something yeah. there for sure yeah i think the third of these was probably in my it was in my opinion the best and the one i would most like to see picked up uh ziga I believe yeah um mm-hmm. and it was all right yeah it, it seems like it's going to be like kind of like a interesting mix of the like godzilla or something right it, it, it's it seems like it's set up i think we'll get more of a confirmation of this like with the next chapter since this is the one that didn't finish this month um but it I, i'm definitely getting the feel that it's going to be like a mix of like shonen-y action I mean, we did get that pan- few panels in this most recent as he like unlocked the potential of the gun, the gun. that they were using. Yeah. <laughs> the um, gun. So that that was that was very shonen um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is weekly shonen. Yeah. Joke, did you but, read the, the title of the magazine we're reading? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, yes, I do. But with this like kaiju aspect as well, um, and then this kind of this like you've got his whole like series of premonitions and dreams and some pretty brutal, pretty brutal scene, yeah. Yeah, scenes yeah i wasn't uh, expecting yeah, it that. went really dark um in one of those like the- manga type ways where you expect to maybe like find her 30 chapters later and she's just missing an arm and she's okay exactly you know? you know something though the way that they described finding her arm made me think she wasn't dead because they said, oh, well, I don't know, just the way they described it. I was like, oh, no, this is one of those shonen things where it's, it really is until you see the dead body. Mm-hmm. I did get that vibe, <laughs> too. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe they, they have some kind of technology like this group that's, uh, that's like scouting him, uh, probably has some kind of reviving right. tech or something. Yeah. And I kind of hope that's the case because the one flaw with this is this is otherwise like textbook fridging. Like, yeah, just blatantly. Here, here, yeah, here, here is here is my uh, lady friend, and then in the span of the first issue, 
brutally killed. <laughs> um, Apparently, just, I love I love the fridging trope, but not in this context. Um, yeah, yeah I get it though. Yeah, just like that—that that was probably the one flaw I had with it, which speaks it's, to otherwise how good it was. Um, I, I like the art a lot. Yeah, it's um, cute. Yeah, it, it could. It in some ways, it like not necessarily in how it actually looks. But it kind of reminds me of Horikoshi in the sense yeah, how he's able to some... like go from like kind of like a nice kind of more cheery, pleasant yeah. aesthetic to something more like grimy and just right. kind of brutal. Yeah, as there was a, there's that character that I, I just um, I, I think of him as a blonde Gideon Graves. Um, oh, he kind of yeah. looks like he kind of looks like a Horikoshi character. He's got like a perpetual smile and glasses. Right. Um, yeah. The uh, he- the head of this. The head uh, of this like yeah, society. He kind of has a neat yeah. design. He kind of he he looks like one of the goofier uh, My Hero Academia characters. But yeah, yeah. I kind of I kind of see that too. Yeah. I yeah. I think that this one definitely has the most potential out of all of them to to tell an, an interesting um, and maybe somewhat unique story. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. Because. There's there's a lot going... It it seems like there's a potential for a lot to be going on here in terms of, like, it could be too much, kind of the same... I don't know, same problem with those. You know, it's a similar thing where, like, we've got the monsters and we've got premonitions and we've got gun powers. And, you know, it it could, like, end up just becoming a bit of a mess. But it could be interesting. I, I... I'd really like it for this to be the one to be picked. Yeah, up. I also felt like, and maybe it was just me, uh, but I felt like the the writing was pretty snappy. And I don't know whether to credit. I, I mean, of course, credit the the translator, but I felt like it was more fun to read, just like tech, you know, word bubble to word bubble than some of the other the other yeah. jump starts. It it kind of had more lively dialogue, I think. Yeah, I'd agree for sure. Yeah. It's crisp. Yeah. Yeah. We uh we don't really like I guess talk about this that much because you know timeliness and everything. It's hard but to um, say. everybody like vote right. vote for the ones that you think are good. Um, oh yeah. Because <laughs> I mean I guess we don't really know a lot about how the voting works or if it really matters. But right. I I don't know how it works in America. Really. I mean I assume. I do it every now and then. I forget, I forget. a lot too. Or, and you know, the problem is I, I will binge read a lot of issues. You know, I'll wait until I have a couple of weeks yeah, on top and then yeah. by then it's kind of too and, late. And, and, like it's already too yeah. late to vote they, for Jujutsu, which, you know, whatever. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, because they, they update, you know, this. I'm, I'm pretty sure you can't access like the old survey. I don't I think you wrong. can. I think you're right. Um, I think that like after the week is up, but I guess... Uh, that's another thing I should probably check before just spouting off on the podcast, but, fact, which is one of my favorite. Activities. At least for this week, go put Ziga <laughs> as your number one favorite of the week and do yeah. it next week. And then maybe we'll get to read more about this weird matter destroying Godzilla and Magic or you Gun can Boy. Explain or <laughs> right, argue why Noah's Notes is the best. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you really we want to. We would love for you to try. I, I mainly just. <laughs> I mainly just uh, use the survey to berate Fizz for 
We never um, learned. And what was it before that? Uh, what was it like? Oh, um, about, like the robot thing? There, there the was the robot who was like in love with the guy. But I know what you're talking about too. The angel in love with the guy. Oh, what was that? Oh love, rush. Love, love rush. Oh, love, love rush. Love rush. Yeah, I, was like, I, would, remove, I would. I would. Remove <laughs> love rush. Why bad manga? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I made that a personal crusade for. I kept, I kept that going for like two months, just every week. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe they were like, yeah, we really want this guy to show up. <laughs> I think, it, I think it reached its natural end, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> it's natural end, like it's 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 natural lifespan. What about things that will never reach their natural end? Mm, yeah, it's, ti- it's time to talk about One Piece for the first time in yes, a while. Yes, I think you know I I might die before <laughs> One Piece ends, and you might die before the Big Mom arc ends. Well, oh I don't god. Know. Next issue, next Monday. That is that 900. Is, that is 900. And maybe he, maybe it'll be live in Japan by the time this goes live. When did, when did they uh, go out in Japan? Well, actually, they go out at the same time in America as America now. I mean, but but sometimes people get early yeah. okay. copies. And and that's why they're like, really they're really like 12 they get, hours ahead of us. So Yeah, I mean, right, they'll, well, yeah. they'll probably get it. Right, I feel like I hear about like people talking about spoilers like a few days. Yeah, ago. yeah that's because it's leaked. okay. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, issue nine hundred. Do you think that will be the end? Or what the if One Piece just of... ends with issue nine hundred? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, but he does tend to do big things on one hundred, or at least around the the every one hundred chapter mark, and I think. I don't know. I think so. So basically where we're at now um, is that they're all most of the people that were at, uh, on these islands, the, the whole cake island um, or God, there's so many freaking island names. Wherever Sanji and Luffy are, they have they have escaped from that island and have gotten back to the Thousand Sunny. And um, I just get a feeling like either they're going to because because now they, they are truly escaping. Like um, it seems like they really are just going to leave Big Mom behind and kind of wait to come back to her, which I think if they really are going to do that, I think that's kind of a mistake because she's not one that piece, compelling. Of she's the not compelling. Yeah. Even, let me, even by one piece standards, I'll get on my, my soapbox and explain why big mom is kind of bad as a villain is because to make a good villain, you have to let your villains talk and say something more than, uh, the two same words for the past like uh, 30 chapters, which is kind of what Big Mom has been doing. Right. Okay, not 30, but like, you know, months. And I, you know, like she's like big and scary, but that can only go so far. She's just, she's just kind of like a force of nature now and not really a very interesting one. So I'm just like, please just have Big Mom fall into the ocean and die. Um, sorry to be such a downer. It's not that I, it's not that I hate One Piece now or anything. It's just, this really You're is. You're now anti One Piece? <laughs> no. No, never. I don't think I'm a piece. I've invested too much into this series to like give it up now. I have to ride this out no matter how bad it gets. If we get a whole other if we get a whole arc dedicated to Big Mom's most boring uh, lackeys, I'll have to read that, too, just because okay. this is like my life now. Ne- next Monday, if we go by an issues to chapter comparison, um, one piece will be the length of three cerebuses. Um, <laughs> Dave Sims, a uh, very interesting. And comic. if you are a <laughs> frequenter of oh, the yeah. DC3 cast, that's six Azrael's for anyone counting. <laughs> <laughs> Azrael. <laughs> Why? 
I'll talk, I'm wondering why that's a reference point for the TC3. I'll, I'll, I'll ask that afterwards. Um, Vince can tell you. So I, I did like uh, the, the now that the fucking just agonizingly long fight with Katakuri oh, is over. Okay. Uh, that that fight. I <laughs> let, let me just say real quick why that fight was bad. It was because. Not only was it extremely long, like Walter said, but this guy. Now, <laughs> some One Piece villains that have like kind of turned out to be big have also shown up kind of out of nowhere and have been big players for some reason. This guy, Oda just did nothing to give me any buy-in for this guy. He just showed up and said, this guy's awesome. Uh, He's got a big bounty. Yeah, and... Uh, now, please care about this fight where Luffy says, like, I will over, I will surpass you. I'm just like, yawn, who cares? Yeah, you know, like, it it just dragged, and then finally it ended, and I'm like, I got nothing out of that. That was not exciting in an action way or even, like, narratively. It was just whatever. But I think the past couple chapters, now that that's been over, it's been like, you know, finally. There's the initial... <laughs> Curry, there's, please, tie. <laughs> there's the initial relief aspect, but I, I do think it's been, like, more enjoyable, right, you know. I yeah. think I may have mentioned on the show that the funny, the funny thing to me is that um, One Piece is at its best when it's not just the fights. Um, yeah. Um, or usually there's the thing with the fights. though, usually there's something more interesting about how the fights being sure, done. And yeah. this one was just like let's punch each other uh, with powers that are really similar. Okay. Yeah. I don't um, know. I, I did. This was something that I expected to happen, but it's still kind of uh, nicely done how we have now Gurma came back to Sanji's yes. rescue. Yeah. Um, I got, I, I legitimately laughed out loud when, you know, Sanji's dad is all like, you know, why would you have him with you? Yeah, he's a oh. failed clone, a failed soldier. So he's, he's like, well, he's like, you know, he's a, you know, a wimpy cook or whatever. He, he just wants to cook and yeah. you know, they're just like, Oh, that's why we think he's great. You know? Right. Thanks. Then, Thanks for saving him. And and the, <laughs> the funniest part is Jim Bay in the back being like, Oh, you guys like, like some commentator in a sitcom or something <laughs> that made me laugh too. And you know, I, I think we've mentioned before, I have a pretty big gap in like what I've read of one piece. I've read, I've read uh, through water seven Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you, where you, I stopped. you stopped right before um, the thriller bark, yeah. So, but you know, sometimes like there's like all these characters on the page, and like it's like, is this just someone I don't know? But then like um, Emily will be reading it yeah. and be like, who is this? Yeah, oh, see, that? and that didn't I, happen in the best arc of all time, Dressrosa, because I thought that happened constantly in Dressrosa, <laughs> just people appearing in the background. Just, oh, here's some new person with some new power. That's because they were cool, <laughs> and I remembered them. These big mom pirates, who cares? There's a guy named oh. Oven, and that's pretty cool. But <laughs> that is a cool thing. <laughs> and oh, well, Beige, Beige was in this, and he was cool, too. Yeah. Beige had a bigger part. Uh, he's he's the, the godfather we referenced last <laughs> time when Walter said that the godfather was very similar to One Piece. Obviously. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but there was, a, there was a connection. Um, I'm feeling attacked right now. It's okay. That's okay. It's all. <laughs> it's all. You know, I, I, I kid because I love. Um, so may, maybe next month we'll be able to report in with the end of it. But I, I, I think. I think my guess is that yeah, he does. He does like these like centennial issue mm-hmm. conclusions. 
So I think after like a lot of plotting and things yeah. being stretched out, things are just going to suddenly come to a climax and that won't be satisfying either. Yeah, and then they're just going to be like, well, um, we set up, because One Piece has set up so many freaking plot threads in the future that he could go to anything now. I, I just, I right. don't even it, know. It could be another 900 issues. They could. The chapters, whatever. You know, Crocodile and Doflamingo could come back and that would be, it would be the best comic ever again. That's and, true. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, this has been, I think, uh, I think I can say this now that it's almost over. It's been one of the weaker arcs for sure. Maybe the weakest, um, along with Fishman Island, but I guess that remains to be seen. It could still go on, but yeah, I think it's almost over. I think it could, uh, go to, um, Dress Rosa lengths. Uh, if only, and then it would be really good, like Dress Rosa. So good. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I have to correct myself. Right. It, it um, would, it's nine Asriels, and again, we'll talk about it later. Nine Asriels. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's. I'm still recovering from that comparison. Anyway, <laughs> it was it was it was just a yeah. The, the yeah. Denny O'Neill Asriel. Okay. <laughs> anyway, continuing. Um, we also had a very um, interesting. Relatively interesting month in Food Wars, but particularly the latest uh, chapter was just a hoot. So we can. It was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> so <laughs> so we, we've got. It's so. But it's stupid. great. It's so great. Yeah, I couldn't. I mean, it was incredibly dumb. But at this point, I'm like, well, you know what? They're just openly acknowledging it now. Okay. Well, they were, I guess we should. I guess we should like so, actually yeah. clarify what we're so talking. So we, we have, of course, um, the. The final showdown. They've sp- they've sped up uh, the tournament arc, um, which has been going on for quite a while. Uh, yeah. The the uh, team Shokugeki, um, and um, we've got now Ishi, Ishi. Um. Yeah. Ishi, Rindo. Sukasa, and Rindo against Arena and Soma, who are it's like a yeah. duo thing. Right. One's- which is. One does the appetizer, one does the main course. Right, and, so. and of course it's because it has to come down to Arena and Soma because they're the two protagonists right. kind of, of the series. Right, and this, you know, this one, um, you know, we're, we're beginning, of course, last last time we had Rindo's appetizer. This time we have the main course from Ishii. Hey, Ishii, yeah. Um, who, I, I thought the, the previous chapter was very good, kind of like his kind of like quick flashback of his mm-hmm. kind of meeting um, Azami. I thought that was well done. Yeah, I like um, that too. For sure. Um, and so, of course, a big th- the big thing we've all been waiting for is, okay, eventually Azami, of it's course, going is, he's going to have his freak out. So no. It's like, well, so, so it's like with, th- <laughs> with this, you know, they start with... Uh, his side's food and they eat it and you know of course Azami loves it he thinks it's you know the example of the perfection that he wants but you know he doesn't nothing happens with his clothes so it's like hmm you know that's kind of uninteresting but instead he has like an effect that just makes the people around him lose his clothes when he lose eats their clothes, yeah. something delicious and the way they describe it is like the most it's it's just as this most matter of fact thing. It's like the funniest, ah, yeah. the funniest when he's like, "Oh, I cause a secondhand disrobing of people near me." I'm like, <laughs> the, the gifting is what it's called. <laughs> the gifting. He's like, I don't do it on purpose. It just happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. It's uh, he's incredibly creepy, but I, at the same time, I, I kind of have I'm two minds of his, about Azami. It's like he's really yeah. Creepy. The way he was like grooming um, Ishi in like one of the earlier chapters yeah. this month was kind of creepy. Yeah. He's got like a he's kind of predatory. Yeah, he's, he's definitely got a predator vibe. Yeah, but he's this is really. The, really, the most I've but, left. But then, but then he has like a panel of him like coming down oh, the mountain on skis. I was just about to say that when he <laughs> he before this arc started, he comes down and like uh like comes like breaks with his skis, and I don't know for some reason that image Stupid is really sexy. Stupid, sexy basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I, and and so this leads me to believe that um, this will end with Soma and losing. Arena. No, right? no. Oh, it will end with them winning. And my my guess is that <laughs> I'm calling this now. Okay. To further my record of being wrong in my predictions, my guess is that he's going to eat whatever they make. Um, you know, he's going to have the appetizer from Soma. He's going to be like, you know, oh, this is good. I, I, I hate how good it is, but it's still not great. Then he has, of course, the main course from Ariana, and that you know is amazing. And what's going to happen is it's going to overload his ability and everybody in this arena is going to be... Oh my god, that's I'm, probably... I'm, call, I'm calling it. <laughs> Everyone in the arena is going to be disrobed. Goodness. I thought you were going to say um, that it was actually going to make him disrobe. Well, I think that could happen. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, but I like your, I like your well, theory even but, better. I think, I think you're onto something. Everyone. Yeah, because... Because that would actually be, I mean, I guess in Food Wars, if we're talking like at the Food Wars level, I guess that would be pretty epic. Right. Yeah. Um, one thing that I was thinking about um, going back a couple chapters for, we have Rindo. Um, and, you know, one one thing that's not quite clear to me with her character and in particular her being on Central and all that is like, maybe I just haven't like understood some of what's going on you know azami's got his like very perfectionist you know this is what gourmet is um kind of thing going on um but with rindo her whole thing is like it's very similar to soma you know she well exotic right she, ingredients she yeah something. she's yeah. like obsessed with like exotic ingredients like i guess it's a little bit different from soma because it's not just the ingredients with soma it's you know weird ways of making things but and he's got that like that that practical experience right. at his dad's at this shop right and maybe maybe i'm just there's some bit of dialogue i'm not remembering yeah, the, but i feel like there's not really like much support for like why does azami like well it, it seems that she would be at, at odds with azami and of course that's probably going to be there there is some aspect to that she she personally is but i don't feel like azami i i don't feel like i don't, you I don't wouldn't accept yeah that i don't kind i don't like get why azami why she, uh, why Azami wants her. Right. That makes sense. I mean, I think, I think it's possible. I, did, I mean, I personally didn't even really think about it until you brought it up, but I mean, I guess just off the top of my head, it could just be that what she's doing is already approved by him. And right. like, and I mean, like, I guess that's kind of a lame answer, but I mean, I guess like he can only do so much with Azami being this, this kind of this extreme perfectionist and then having central have these kind of unique abilities, like, like it does it yeah. does kind of clash yeah just, just maybe it's probably maybe something he didn't even think about i don't know <laughs> but i think that probably you know next 
Next month is a, I think it's a mm-hmm. five Monday month. So I think by the next time we talk, it might be the, done. Yeah, this arc might be done. Um, yep. So that would be that could be lots more interesting yeah. stuff to say about it. Yeah, five Mondays. So. Yeah, it's possible because um, they have been at a clip, and there's no way it'll go past this unless they have something where it's like now Azami and Joichiro have to fight. Right, that's the one thing yeah. that I think could somehow happen. Yeah, because I feel I feel like that's something that they've been sort of hinting at. Well. Um, Oh, I bet it could, it, it could, this is, this is really cliche, I guess, but it could be like, cause, cause the. Could uh, be like a tiebreaker. Sort well, of I mean, thing. cause wasn't Joichiro like the prize? Yeah. That he would work. <laughs> Interesting relationship between <laughs> Joichiro and Asami. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That just, that just came to mind thinking of yeah, that could, ways that, they could make it more dramatic. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I felt like a, a lot of other stuff uh, this month. There was some good content, but I felt like there a lot of the other stuff had just kind of mainly development of yeah what we've already talked about. I, I mean, well, that's that's just going to happen sometimes with yeah. the kind of uh, more decompressed storytelling. Right. Um, well, I mean, I think the thing that we didn't talk about that had that we didn't talk about in depth that had the most going on was Doctor Stone. Their they kind of resisted this attack from an outside village and now they're starting to make a cell phone. Um, but even so, I mean, that's basically what happened. There wasn't really a whole lot to talk about besides just like kind of narrative things happening, right. I guess. I mean, I guess you could say that about everything, but I guess it just wasn't. A lot of the books were like that this week or this what? month. You know, things, things happen, yeah. you know, um, we get a new tournament starting in robot laser beam. We get, this weird plot development uh, in in Black Clover of like these elves being resurrected in human bodies and and, and yeah yeah magic, magic genocide, genocide and and Promise Neverland keeps you know doing the things it's doing um, yeah and then My Hero Academia we have more of Gentle and Gentle's awesome but again you know still just not not. So much development since we last talked about it. So good. Honestly, like, I'm I'm really kind of down (laughs) a little bit on My Hero Academia only because I wish it was all all gentle all the time (laughs) rather than the school festival stuff, which I don't really care about. Um, Yeah. I could totally... You know what, though? I almost feel like... Okay, this is this is complete speculation, but like, what if he become? What if they do like a side comic? Right, of him? you know, they're, he feels they're, like they're interested. Yeah, they're interested like in doing these like side yeah. spinoffs. He definitely. He, could. he seems like one of those uh, like Dragon Ball he, villains he who will him. eventually like be wrapped into the main cast and be everyone's favorite. Yes, yeah, like Mister like, Satan. He, he, he's gonna he's gonna marry Deku's dad, uh, mom. <laughs> oh that my god, he's gonna be best. Deku's dad. Yeah, wait, but. The, <laughs> he just becomes uh, the Vegeta, but that doesn't. Even that doesn't work, really cause, work because then you have to have you have to start a. Thing. I mean, it, it kind of works because. Uh, I mean, he'll, I, I guess he hasn't done anything as bad as Vegeta yet, but maybe not yet. But we'll see. All right. Yeah. Um, so that's probably it for this month uh, unless you guys had any other uh, Boruto's still good comments. It's, all, it's all good in case you were wondering it's still, still trucking along alright 
Love that boy. So. My boy. Good, my boy. Good to boy. Know. My sweet ninja boy. <laughs> boy. All right. Uh, we'll we'll talk to you all uh, next week. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk to each other. Next not, month. Not next month. We'll talk to each other. You all he- will hear it. And you can talk to us in the comments, as always. Mm-hmm. It's very lonely there. I check, <laughs> I check in, but no yeah, one, and, no one um, wants to engage. Tell, tell us how bad our opinions are. Yeah. And once again, we'll be reading uh, the first two volumes of uh, The Girl from the Other Side by Nagabe next month. So if you want to read along with us, uh, check those out. And you can always find us on Twitter. I am at Waltor, W-A-L-T-O-R-R. I am at 1000 Throws. Uh, and I mostly just retweet dumb stuff, but feel free to check and me out anyway. I am at <laughs> SirFox89. Uh, just come for all the weird DC3 inside jokes. That's what my Twitter has become. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you all next month. See ya.